right, good morning, you guys. It is great to be with you. Appreciate our worship team and Fitz uh, getting us to this point. It's been a great morning so far. If you're online with us, uh, glad to have you guys. It's going to be a great morning. Hope you're doing well uh, wherever you're watching from today. Um, be sure and interact with our, our chat in our chat room. Our, our hosts are out there. They'd love to interact with you. Let them know where you're watching from. That's always fun. Unless you're on, on the beach, we don't want to hear about it, all right? It is chilly today, huh? Anybody like cold weather? Ready for it? Yeah. Until Christmas. And then after Christmas, it's like, let's get back to the to the warm stuff. It's a, uh, it's a great day in the Colbert household. I've got both kids home from college, which feels really old to say. Uh, Braden is here and Madison is here. Madison's going to be uh, in her final uh, semester to, to become a nurse. And uh, it's hard to believe. She, she hasn't uh, stopped studying for finals since she got home. She got home on Wednesday, um, ate Thanksgiving dinner, and then went right back to study. And uh, they both have online finals uh, this week, which I'm still trying to wrap my head around. Braden was trying to describe how these online finals work. And it was just like, really, you know, that's interesting. Um, but they've got it uh, all figured out. My mom is here for the first time in six weeks. She just came out of knee replacement surgery. I want you to give it up for, for uh, Becky here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's funny because the ushers put him on the front row, you know, it was like, here, you're going to heckle your son this morning. So uh, you guys behave, just laugh at the funny stuff. If it's embarrassing, just cover your head. I'll try not to embarrass you. I'm ga- I am going to tell a story a little bit later about Christy and I that some of you are familiar with. All I'll say is remember the living Christmas tree, okay? We'll get to that uh, here in a minute. But uh, today we are continuing in this series, Making Change. And uh, I, I'm feeling pressure because Fitz has done an incredible job the first two weeks with this series. And so I, I really don't want to mess it up today. Um, we've got good momentum going. But yeah, he's done just an incredible job. I loved what he said last week when addressing whether or not it was a good idea to do this series now. It, you know, And this fits into just this whole thing of how our plans sometimes get blown up. But this series was planned after covid set in um, very much on purpose. And, uh, you know, when somebody said, why this series now? Our response and Fitz's response was, why not? Um, No better time, really, um, uh, than to talk about not just finances, but what we talked about in week one, which was perspective. Uh, We talked about getting our perspective right two weeks ago. If you're just joining us today for uh, your first time or if you're online for the first time, this, this is where we started from and it's the right place to start because we got to have the right perspective when it comes to what God wants to change in the area of our finances and resources and how we steward those. And so we talked about how we are richer than we realize. Did you know that if you make $35,000 or thereabouts, you're richer than most people in the world? That's a sobering statement because we often don't think that way because we think we got to have more. And if we're not at this level, we just don't have enough. So it's important to remember that we're richer than we realize. Then it's about priority. Once we wrap our head around the fact that we are incredibly blessed to have what we have, then it's about prioritizing what we do with that. And this was an incredible, important first step to understand that God wants our first and our best. So once we deal with that, we get to today where we're talking about our plans. We want to plan with the right perspective and the right priority. Um, We're going to spend most of the morning, 
uh, in Proverbs. And in fact, that's the only book we're going to hang out in. If you've got a Bible and want to actually open there or on your phone, wherever. Um, Proverbs 21, 5 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. And that's just the tip of the iceberg of Scripture and Proverbs that remind us of the importance of planning. And so for a lot of you, uh, you may already be like, yeah, I'm good with that. I love to plan. We'll talk about that here in a moment. But if there was a, a sermon for this year, or sermon title at least for this year, it's change of plans, right? Um, it, it, when, when I think back to pre-COVID, January, February, we, no idea what was coming. We had our best laid plans in front of us. If you're uh, in kind of the same boat we were, if you had kids graduating from high school, I mean, who saw that coming? All of a sudden, you know, you're dealing with sort of the grief, the struggle of we're not going to be able to have an in-person graduation, seriously. You know, we had all these plans, family coming in, and, and that changed, and Fortunately, you, you know, we get creative and, and sometimes that brings the best out in us. Um, but uh, things like graduation or, or this was our 25th wedding anniversary the, this year. We had big plans, you know, big trip planned, um, change of plans. You know, that, that wasn't going to. Now, we still celebrate. We had a great anniversary, but just wasn't like we thought, you know. So one of those common words today, postponed. Uh, you know, anybody have to cancel a trip this year besides us? So, you know, you know hopefully you have the, the insurance to, to cover that. What about vacations, you know, in general? You know, vacations that, that we had planned. That's one of the common things we sort of plan ahead for. Christy could be a travel agent if she wasn't, you know, doing the job that she has now with UofL, but um, she loves to plan trips, and, and I'm sure a lot of you had trips planned that, that just those, those things changed. Maybe you started the year with a job, and now you don't, or you've got a different job than you started with. Those are just examples that we could go on and on with of how this year has emphasized this idea of change of plans. And so whether you're a planner or a non-planner, you kind of, I like to describe non planners as, you know, you're that one day at a time, sweet Jesus. You know, they even wrote a song of, uh, for you, you know, because that's how you, you, you live life. And there's, there's sort of that freedom that comes with that. Whichever side of the spectrum you're on, there are problems that can arise, especially when you get out on the extreme. For instance, a failure to plan can lead to things like stress or one of my pet peeves, inefficiency. It, you know, I like to be efficient and make the most of, of, of every hour, every day, and, and uh, that takes planning, you know, and I'm not necessarily the best at it, but it does, you know, it is frustrating to, to just feel or participate in something that's inefficient. Um, a lot of times, lack of planning in the financial realm leads to unnecessary expense, um, and, and that's something we want to avoid. If you're on the over-planning side, like you really love to plan, almost OCD kind of planning, you know, down to the, to the day. You got to have that schedule. You got to know what's coming next. You don't want to be surprised by anything. Um, here's the challenge with that. It can create a false sense of security. That planning or that daytime or that outlook calendar can become literally an idol that we put all our trust in. And we put all our faith in, we have this false sense of security. We say, if I just plan enough, and I've felt this way, we can avoid the pitfalls. It just takes enough planning, and, and we can get to the point where we plan God right out of our plans. And that's going too far. So being on, on both sides is 
uh, probably we've all experienced a little little bit of both. Uh, uh, I mentioned the the living Christmas tree. So so the the year was 1994 is my first Christmas here, and I inherited, but gratefully so, um, a, a thing called the living Christmas tree. It's where you put a choir in a large tree and sing from it. It's, it's pretty spectacular back in the day. All right. Some of you, uh, been there, done that, know what I'm talking about. We're actually there that night, Friday night in December. Um, I think it was our second program. Uh, I'm nervous enough as it is because it's my first Christmas here. I'm, I'm young. I've got something to prove, want the program to go well, but I decided in my plan to also, um, include asking my wife to marry me at the end of the program in front of God and everybody on Friday night which took a lot of planning, a lot of preparation, a lot of deception, you know, that comes with surprises sometimes. God will forgive us of that, um, you know, if it's for a good purpose. Um, so other than myself um, and the jeweler I bought the, the ring from, the only other person that, that knew that the, the plan for that night was Dave Hastings, our lead minister at the time, who at the end of each program, he would come up at the end to kind of wrap things up, and that was all normal. And so um, I told him, hey, when you get up there, do your thing, but then invite my wife, Chris, or my wife, yet yeah, my uh, girlfriend, uh, Christy, to come up and join us on the stage. And I'm going to ask her to marry me. So did it. Everything worked out great. She said, yes, that was the risk, you know, and you don't want to do that unless you feel pretty good about what the answer is going to be. And so the moment came on my knee. She said, yes. And then here's when the plan sort of went sideways a little bit. Um, we had planned, you know, the part of the plan was not just getting to the yes, but then the celebration afterwards. We were going to go have dinner, just Christy and I, to celebrate the engagement at the restaurant uh, at the top of the golf house, a uh, familiar place, and had a limo rented, the whole, the whole thing. And, and I told Dave about that, and, and Dave, just in his sort of fun way, he gets up after the, you know, everything, he says, hey, and they're going to go celebrate at the golf house. And uh, everybody's thinking hotel, not restaurant. And it got real awkward there for a minute because it's like, well, you're supposed to get married first and then have the honeymoon. And, you know, we had to explain that a little bit, but it was just funny and for the most part, the plans worked out, and it was a great feeling, you know, when everything comes to fruition. Now, on the other side, and, and, and an example of sometimes where our, our planning doesn't quite go like we thought was were my plans for college. And I think a lot of you probably were, were in this boat where you were sure where you were going to go to college, what degree program you're going to enter into, and what career path you might start. Now, that's not true for everybody. I felt like that's, I wanted to go into it with that plan. Seemed pretty clear to me. Go to Ball State University, Muncie, Indiana, major in music, be a music educator. It was just, that's the plan. Um, and that was the plan right up until spring of my senior year. And I, it wasn't like a, you know, just a bright light in the sky moment. It was somewhat of a gradual process. But over the course of a few weeks, maybe a month, it became clear that, no, that's not the plan for you, Jonathan. God's plan A, which was my plan B, was to go to Cincinnati Bible College. And within a year, it was clear that God's plan A was for me to go into full-time music ministry, not music education. And it was just an example of, of um, over the course of a few years, um, me submitting to what God really wanted to do. Um, and when my plans changed and became his plans. And 26 years later, it, you know, um, when you submit to God, uh, he honors that. And so um, the point that I want to make before we move on for, as far as an order of things, we've talked about perspective and we've talked about 
priority. And we got to plan with those two things in mind. It all starts with trusting God in everything. And if we'll trust God with our plans, especially my plans, um, good things will happen. And so if your issue isn't a lack of planning, so so far you're like, I get it. I'm a planner. I, I don't neglect that. I'm good with that. But maybe the problem is you try to make it your plans, not God's. You try to do your plans on, on your terms. And, and here's the financial thing. Um, when we try to fin- do our finances with our math, it usually doesn't work out real well. I'll never forget my first budget. It, you know, it, it, There were more in expenses than income. And that's a bad feeling, you know, when it's like, okay, this, you're in the red here. How's this going to work? And there's a degree of responsibility with that, but there's also a degree of, of trust. And, uh, and so Proverbs has something to, to say regarding us who plan. We still have to do this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. We talked about that last week. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So encouraged by that when we um, trust God with our plans. Now, if you're on the other end of the spectrum... One day at a time, sweet Jesus, you know, uh, and, and maybe out of good motivation, try not to get ahead of God, you know, right? Sometimes that, that's really what, what's, you're trying to just be, do things in the right order, but it becomes lethargic, lazy, passive, or, or maybe you're even just waiting for God to text you the plan, like, text me my budget, God, it, you know, I trust you, so just, just let me know how, how you want me to do it, and we kind of fall into this passive uh, perspective. Here's what Proverbs says to that. Go to the ant, you lazy one. <laughs> Just start right there. Uh, go to the ant, you lazy one. Observe its ways and be wise, which having no chief, officer, or ruler, prepares its food in the summer and gathers its provision in the harvest. We can learn from ants, okay, folks? Um, let's, let's plan ahead. So, um, what, uh, what does God want, want to change in us? I want you to wrestle with that question, um, where you are sort of on that paradigm. Um, but, but for the moment, we're going to get super practical. For the next little bit here, I'm going to invite um, a friend of ours. He's been here a couple times now from Christian Financial Resources. He's kind of a pro at all this and is going to give us some really good advice, some biblical wisdom on uh, how, we, how we go about our financial planning. So would you welcome Shane Armstrong from CFR? Come on out, Shane. Yeah, yeah. If you're online, say welcome, Shane, all right? Um, Shane's going to join me here at uh, this, uh, we're going to consider this the kitchen table, all right? We all have one or some version of a, uh, of a kitchen table, and uh, it's not just where we, we eat, right? Um, it's where we plan life for the most part. Um, we all have sort of that space that we gather around, hopefully as a family, along the way um, to pray, and to plan, and to prepare, and to cry, and on and on and on, play board games, um, but kind of in a little bit in the old school because so much is digital now, but if you go back um, and you don't have maybe that nice clean workspace and you just really do use the kitchen table for, your, for paying the bills, 
you may remember, you know, you got the spread. You got all the bills laid out. You're overwhelmed by it. You're trying to figure out how you're going to make ends meet. Um, and, and it's just kind of where this process starts. And often we get overwhelmed by just the day-to-day because we don't have that, that plan. And so, Shane, um, before we get to the details on that, remind everybody about CFR and what you guys do. So CFR, our mission is to fund ministry and to change lives. The way in which we do that, people decide they want to park some of their savings with us. We give them a, a good rate of return. And we use that money to fund, um, to loan out to growing and thriving churches just like Oklahoma. And um, we refinanced the loan just a few years ago or recently. Yep. And uh, we're excited about that because we're able to lock you in at a lower rate, uh, saving you lots of money over the life of your loan. We know we get real excited about that because that money goes towards, goes towards ministry and mission rather than like towards interest. So that's who we are. Yeah. And so when we talk about that, helping churches and individuals um, in this partnership, this is what you spend your time doing. You've got about 25 churches that that you work with directly, um, others. uh, And so uh, let's start with just the, um, uh, assuming that we all agree that that having a plan and trusting God with that plan is step one. Where where do we go from there? Um, What's the very next practical step uh, uh, with our finances? Well, we believe that God owns everything. And we manage everything for God. And so there's a, a large um, um, expectation or a responsibility to make sure that we manage that well. And let me say, first of all, as we get started on this, what a, what a, a perfect time to have this conversation in the midst of like 2020, right? It just feels like it just keeps going. It doesn't stop. But the deal inside of that is we know that people have lost jobs, they've lost hours or their jobs have changed. And, and so it's just this difficult time. So a perfect time to reevaluate our strategy, our goals of what, uh, and do they align with what Jesus has set out for us? And so let me, let me share a couple things is, is one inside of saving, spending, and giving. Those are three areas we kind of think of. And if we think about the old 80, 10, 10 rule, 80% of spending, 10 of saving and 10 of, of giving, that can be really, really helpful place to start, right? That's initial, um, area to, to get started on that. But one foundational piece that I think we need to really wrestle with and live with is that we need to begin, if we're not, live on less than what we earn, right? That sounds countercultural a little bit, but live on less than what we earn. And it's all about attitude, I feel like, as we, as we work through these things. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get into that a little, little bit more. So um, goals are uh, one of those. You may, you may cringe at that word. Um, or you may be like, yeah, I, I love goal setting. Um, and here's, here's what I've learned, because I've sort of been on, on both sides of this. Um, initially, it's, it's kind of an attractive thing. It's exciting. It's sort of part of the dream process where you start to flesh out how you're going to accomplish something. Um, if you've been in sports or athletics, that's a common thing there. It's, it's a key part of the job for me here at church with our staff is helping set direction and goals with our staff so we can accomplish our mission and, and work with Fitz on, on being sure we're going in the right direction. Um, but, but you may push back against goals partly. You may not even realize it, but it's a fear of failure. Um, if you don't set goals, you can't fail, right? Uh, and, and that idea can, can sneak in. And so it becomes sort of that one day at a time. Uh, and, you know, you just take whatever each day gives you. You can't ever fail. So setting goals is a risk. And I just want to acknowledge that. It's a, but it's a risk worth taking um, because even if you don't hit it, it you're going to be better as a result of that. 
So let's talk about um, some specific goals. Yeah, so let's talk about those three areas, yeah. saving, spending, and giving. And so in saving for us, we, we recommend a few things. Uh, this is not new. Uh, this won't sound like rocket science or, or, or mind-boggling, but we recommend that everyone have a three to six month um, emergency savings fund. Now, for some, that is gut-wrenching. That is a, a kick in the pants, right? Of just be like, man, I, I don't know. That is, Shane, I'm having a hard time paying my bills right now. Well, there's a lot of ways to like, we need to get to the place of being important to be able to do that. Oklahoma does that very, very well. Um, yeah, yeah that was, uh, we, we wanted to share this first service and, and again with you that um, the, the idea of saving uh, or having a, a cash reserve um, was sort of count, felt counter to, to our mission. Churches, you know, you don't want to have a whole lot of money in the bank. I've always said, man, if Jesus comes back and we're sitting on half a million dollars, he's going to be like, why didn't you use that, you know? Um, but there is a very practical, responsible thing to do as an organization when you have staff and overhead um, that you've got to uh, take care of. Um, it's important to have a, that reserve and save responsibly for that. And so the church does that. We, we've done that since 08. Um, it, it wasn't necessarily I, our idea. The bank disciplined us in that matter. Um, but we are uh, encouraged, and hopefully you're encouraged today to know that, that we have that six-month reserve um, ready for when we need it. Yeah, and, and this is the season that really highlights that because, um, you know, loss of jobs, loss of hours, whatever that might look like, of, of like having that reserve is really, really important because there are going to be times, it's not an if, it's a when in our life, when we're going to be a, a little tighter than what we ultimately want to be. And, and you may say, Shane, like I said, is like, man, I'm having a hard time meeting my bills right now. What are a few things that might be helpful? And, and let me just say that we all have stuff around our house that, that we don't necessarily need. Maybe it's time to get, uh, sell some of that, start a little fund um, towards that emergency savings fund, or we all have these new subscriptions in our life, right? This is a new up and coming thing of like everything you can subscribe to and it just automatically comes to your house. Um, maybe it's entertainment or <laughs> your razors, or maybe it's your pet food, whatever it might be, everything can be a subscription. That's sometimes to look at, do I need that? Is that something that needs to be I didn't, uh, I didn't mention this first, but since she's in here, I got to make sure I say it. Because Christy said, you know, I was telling about the sermon. I think if she, if she had the guts to get up here and, and uh, uh, preach a little bit, she would, she would emphasize what you just said. If you don't need it, sell it. Um, we, we got to that point eventually after 15 years in the same house. And it was painful. Uh, you know, we, we kind of downsized earlier than, than most. Um, but man, what a... You know, there's there's that freedom you feel when you get out of debt, and there's that freedom you feel when you just offload the things that. In fact, she, what'd you spend on that derby hat? Don't remember. She spent a bunch of money on a derby hat a couple of years ago because we were going. You got to have a hat, and it'd been sitting in the closet for two years, and it was like, you know, do we really need the derby hat anymore? And so it was out yesterday. We were getting stuff out for Christmas. So anyway, um, don't be afraid to sell stuff that's collecting dust. Yeah. Yeah, I just love that Christy's excited that you just called her out. I, I love that. That's, that's been yeah. really, really good. Yeah. Well, let, me, let me share a couple more things uh, with that. When we get into spending, we, we just need to look at all the things that we are spending money on, right? Is like our housing and entertainment and clothing and all these type of things and truly have a goal. Have a goal of like, what are we going to spend on? Because um, you can get to Black Friday if you don't have a goal and it's on sale, well, why not buy, right? Because it's just that, you know, it's ideal and it's such a good deal. But the giving piece is we really need to develop a strategy when it comes to giving. I believe that giving is when faith shows it's real. 
I think it is crucial for us to live out our faith through the way in which we give. And so we talk about that, that initial piece of 10%, the 10% tithe, again, can feel a little, little um, gut-wrenching. It's like, man, I, I don't know if I can do that. Well, well, it's about the living a life of generosity, the way in which we give of our time, our energy, our creativity, our, our uh, finances, all those are important to be a part of generosity. Right, yeah. Um, so we're going to get into some, some more detail on the budget planning, Start, starting with this idea of, of just assessment. So, so let's talk about that, see where our money's going. Well, I think the first thing we need to do is we really need to see where our money is going. Um, sit down, maybe it's kitchen table or it's at your computer or whatever it looks like. Look at the percentages of what's going towards saving, spending, giving, and, and maybe even um, break those out. Where is that going out percentage-wise? And, and so that way you know. You may in the back of your mind have a plan. You may feel like, yeah, I know exactly where my money's going. And then you look at it and you're like, that's not exactly what I thought it was going to be. But having that strategy is important because after you look at that, you're going to be able to take a look and feel and know what you ultimately value. Where your money's going is a lot of times what you ultimately value. And so I I think about that strategy of where do I want it to go? I think it's important we develop that strategy because maybe we want it to pay down debt. Maybe we want to give more money towards Oklahoma and the mission of what God is doing in and through this community, whatever that might be. But we need to develop this strategy because, again, we get to the moment and we wait to make the decision when we're there and we'll typically buy, right? And buy or not buy. Yeah. Which is that, that phrase uh, you've heard, impulse buying, which, which is more of an issue now than, than ever with online buying. I mean, the click of a button. They've got you, once you've set it up, if you do Amazon buyers, I mean, it is, it is impulse to, to the max. And so we, we found a, a helpful resource. Um, we're going to talk more about resources here, here in a minute, but uh, this is maybe the most practical one. Check this out. numbers to add up. It's like we're never going to get out of this hole. Credit card debt, does it ever end? <laughs> Maybe I can help. We sure could use it. We've tried debt consolidation companies. We've even taken out loans to help make payments. Well, you're not the only ones. Did you know millions of Americans live with debt they cannot control? That's why I developed this unique new program for managing your debt. It's called Don't Buy Stuff You Cannot Afford. <laughs> Sounds confusing. I don't know, honey. This makes a lot of sense. There's a whole section here on how to buy expensive things using money you save. Give me that. And where would you get this saved money? I'll tell you where and how in Chapter 3. Okay, but what if I want something but I don't have any money? You don't buy it. Well, let's say I don't have enough money to buy something. Should I buy it anyway? No. (laughs) Now I'm really confused. It's a little confusing at first. Well, what if you have the money? Can you buy something? Yes. Now take the money away. Same story? Nope. You shouldn't buy stuff when you don't have the money. (laughs) So (laughs) that's the kind of stuff we watched in college. We were in college together, and that was, uh, we we got that in Bible college (laughs) class 101 on finances. 101 for sure. Yeah. Um, you, you either get that kind of humor or you don't. You're like, that may be the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, e- either way, uh, the, the point is, it's simple, right? I mean, it is extraordinarily simple. 
yet we still have a problem with it. it it's, it's crazy. I mean, look, you know, whether you're in this room today or online and, and you're under the weight of debt because you don't get that yet, or um, you just haven't figured out how to make it all, all work, um, that's why we're, we're talking about this, um, because <laughs> as simple as it may be, it's, it's not. Um, and, and there are some complexities, things, things that... Um, uh, make it make it difficult, the un- unforeseen things. I, I think you're going to talk about here in a minute about not financing Christmas. Um, you know, that's a trap we fall, fall into. We tend to finance our lifestyle, um, and, and that tends to get us into problems. So let's talk about the variables first um, within our spending, starting with the fixed. Yeah, so when we talk about our spending, there's a lot of things inside of that. We have the fixed, and then there's variables, right? And so the fixed, in my mind, comes to like housing, mortgage, utilities, a variety of things. And, and so the majority of what I do, I spend a lot of time meeting with churches and church leadership. And, and, and you know, I see a situation where uh, what we recommend is to, for churches, and I think it translates to us as people as well, as families, is that we recommend that everybody have, if they're doing a loan, that, it's, that their annual operating expense or their budget doesn't go, or 20 to 25% of that budget goes towards loan reduction. You, everybody follow me inside of that? Is, is if you go higher than that, then you're getting into what you can give and you can, you're getting into what you can ultimately are the, the variables. And so when you have the fixed um, mortgage payment, that's important. That's a big rock because sometimes you start getting higher than 25%, 30 pence, 30, 35, 40, right? And you go up and uh, then you become what we call uh, building poor, building rich and uh, cash poor, right? Yeah. Same type thing in our lives. Now, the variables are things inside of our lives. Uh, Jonathan was just talking about maybe it's uh, we're coming up into Christmas, vacations, um, entertainment, whatever that looks like. Now, let me, let me uh, say something that's just ridiculously crazy, right? Don't go into debt for vacation. Don't go into debt for Christmas, right? If you use credit card, get it. But pay it off in those 30 days. Don't be paying interest on those things. Pay cash as much as you can on those on those pieces. So I think that's really important for us to get in the habit of doing that. Yeah, yeah. And then, and we're doing this, um, we're planning and we're budgeting and we're trying to be strategic so that um, we can be more generous. So let's talk about giving. So giving is an interesting place. I, I use this phrase. We, or you, we've all heard this, the 10% tithe, right? And there's a lot of depth that can be taught on that one piece. But just to take a few moments is, let's say that's a place that we start with generosity. And, and there's a lot of people is like, man, that's, that feels like so much, just 10%. Um, again, this comes back to generosity. Start some, somewhere. Give something. And, and, and see what that looks like. It's just a challenge that God has laid out for us and, and uh, shared with us. I'll, I'll share, there's, there's a lot of people I know that are, that are super generous. And uh, they've decided to, this is the way in which they're going to live their life. And so it's not a place of arrival. When I get to 10%, I'm done. I think it's a place of initial start. And so uh, there's a lot of people I know that they decide each year they're going to give maybe a little higher percent towards the local church. Maybe it's a quarter percent or a half percent. Whatever you decide, but it's another way to take a generosity step. There's uh, other people I know that have decided they want their largest expense of the month to go towards the church, right? And so their gift, their generosity is the highest expense. So go through your expenses mentally, right? Your largest in in general typically is probably the mortgage. And they have decided they want their um, 
money that goes towards the church higher than their mortgage. And so they're going to continue to grow through their generosity. Right. And then the, the third leg of this is where usually we're like, there's nothing left. So when you talk about saving and investing and estate planning on and on, it's like, yeah, that would be nice if there was anything left. But uh, why, why is that so important? Yeah, I think this, this really epitomizes the season in which we live. Um, there is going to be time in our life that's going to be difficult. Um, financially, whatever that might look like. And so we need to be um, prepared for that. And, and there's wisdom in being prepared for that. There's a variety of ways to approach that. But, you know, we, we threw out the emergency savings fund that three to six months, but, but there's steps to get there. You know, we laid out a couple things, but maybe you first just get to the first $1,000, right? And, and then you just take steps and you make it a separate account, whatever that might look like. But there's ways to invest and take steps to be pre- prepared for um, what will be. Um, there's going to be a day it's going to be a little more difficult. And so um, there's ways to invest in a variety of different ways. One of the um, most unique, challenging conversations I, I had early on going back to when I first started in ministry was when I sat down with a, a, a guy at Northwestern Mutual um, about setting up some investments and, and life insurance and liability and all, all these things that um, I was sort of forced into. He reached out to me um, as a favor, and it was really one of the best calls I ever received because he was interested legitimately in my long-term plan and future financially. And, uh, you know, sitting down at 22 trying to talk about retirement is incredibly difficult. And, and this is kind of for all of our young, younger folks is that's the time to start. That's, that's the most basic aspect of it. The, um, when he pulls out the calculator and starts doing the math and showing me if you start here where you're going to be at 65, it blows your mind. And yet, again, as you're doing your budget, that's, it's like, where's that money going to come from, you, you know, to, to park there? And, and making that commitment, planning for it, will be one of the best things you'll, you'll do. Let's, let's wrap this uh, segment here, uh, Shane, with, with just some, some basic resources. Um, Shane's going to be in the lobby and, and has some great things for you out there. Let's go online for a minute. Um, th- this is our, uh, our main site again, oklahomacc.org, but uh, this time backslash generosity. If you go there, and it's also through the Digital Connect, there's just a one-button stop there. It'll open up um, a whole lot of uh, helpful tools for you when it comes to your resources. Links to CFR, uh, links to some great books, practical reading on on this, um, some registration that'll be forthcoming for Financial Peace University. We're going to offer that for the whole family, in fact, both an adult and a kid version in mid-January. We want you to start preparing for that. You'll be able to register for that in a few weeks. Um, those are just some of the real practical things you can do because, look, we have scratched the surface barely uh, in, in this conversation, and there's a whole lot more to help you, okay, with that. So go check out the site and uh, be, be aware that we're also talking about uh, the potential of a legacy giving seminar, which, again, if you're sort of arriving on the, in the latter years of your life and that idea of legacy, um, CFR offers a great workshop on that that we may be doing here sometime in the spring. So uh, look for that. Shane, thank you, brother, for being with us. Thank, thank you. you, Shane. Let, let him know you appreciate him. Yeah. Hey, so, um, so I asked you earlier, what, what needs to change? Do you need to start planning? Do you need to change your plan? Or hopefully for a lot of you, I think in, in some ways we're, we're, uh, we're preaching to the choir here. And so the encouragement is stick to it. 
You, you know, don't quit. It, it's quit. It's a marathon to the end, um, and we want to plan well. But l- let me encourage you in this from a perspective standpoint and planning to be generous. I mentioned retirement a, a minute ago. Um, the, the perspective that changed, has changed for me is at 22, it was I'm planning for myself and my immediate family so that I'm comfortable. You know, you want that comfortable retirement. And while that's still good, don't start there. Start with planning to be generous for others, starting maybe with your church family. You love this place. You want to see a legacy here. Consider, consider that. That's part of the resources we offer online is what that might look like with your estate planning. Um, but, but the perspective, the mindset of this isn't what I can hopefully take with me because, right, we're not taking anything with us. What, what can I leave for, for others? And how can I bless others um, when, I, when I leave this place? And plan with uh, that in mind. Look, God holds all the power. He wants to do his part if we'll do our part. So we do our part believing that God will do his part. That's the partnership, the relationship that we have with, with, our, with our Father. When we realize he holds all the power, he holds all the resources, but he asks us to appropriate. He asks us to steward those. He's not gonna send you the text with the budget. He's given us a mind and wisdom through scripture to do that. And so only God can enable, but only we can yield. Only God can guide, but only we can follow. Only God can convict us of our sins, but only we can repent of them. God's not going to step over the boundary of free will and make us do what he wants to do. Otherwise, we're just robots. But because he wants us to act out of our own free will, as a loving father does, we respond to what he is already doing. And when we do that, when we respond to what he is already doing, his plans become our plans. Let's pray. God, that's the the desire of our heart. And if it's not, I pray that it will become that, that whatever we are still clinging tightly to, holding to, or just approaching from a lazy perspective, lazy approach. Discipline us, Father. Call us to what you need us to do and what you need us to be so we can align with you, that we can take what you've blessed us with and pour it back into others so that one day, today, tomorrow, more people will come to know you, lay their lives down and submit to Jesus as Lord and Savior and join uh, in the kingdom and the work here on this earth and what's still to come in the future eternity with you. We look forward to that. We thank you for our time together and we believe in what you can do. In Jesus' name, amen.